Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Some sort of indication. Sounds good. <laughs> Welcome into the Austin Audible's podcast. Uh, I hit record. We were not done talking. That's my fault. Uh, <laughs> let's just transition transition right into this podcast because it's already off the rails. Uh, the program's changed uh, significantly in the last, I don't know, 24 hours. Um I'm at Premier Scope with Jared Mack on the show. And we're doing this on a Wednesday afternoon because, well, Jordan Birch of South Carolina just transferred to Oregon, or I should say announced his commitment to Oregon. That is a massive get for Oregon. I'm not exactly sure where he fits all time just from a player perspective, but he was like a top 10 player a couple years ago um, in the 2020 recruiting class. Significant upgrade there. Five-star transfer. Um, Casey Rogers, another defensive lineman, has also announced he's coming back for another season for the Oregon Ducks. Uh, He made maybe that game-saving tackle in the Holiday Bowl against North Carolina. Um, That's significant. And we also have Cam McCormick in a surprise move. Everyone expected him, much like Travis died last year, Everyone just expected he'd be back. Either he'd be at Oregon, or he'd, he'd be, or he'd be off to the NFL, or whatever is next for him. He's entered the transfer portal. Um, let's start here with McCormick um, because now Oregon only has three tight ends on its scholarship on scholarship on its roster, which puts Oregon in a strange bind next season. Yeah. It is weird. And, and just to reflect on Cam's decision, I too was surprised. Um, he made it very clear the last time we spoke to him on record, which was a couple about a week or two before it was our last media availability in, in Eugene before the bowl game. I can't remember pinpoint the date, but a week or two before the bowl. And he, he indicated he was kind of conflicted, but probably leaning towards considering playing another year. And I think that implication of that was that that year would be at Oregon. I had yeah. was completely off my radar that he would transfer to another school. Um, and just wanted to say what a career he's had. I mean, at all times, strange career, but the fact that he was able to come back, make contributions in a really positive way this year after having missed the good part of like genuinely like a normal person's entire playing career. He missed that much time basically with injuries, various injuries. Like what a bizarre career he had. Certainly somebody I think you have to be rooting for wherever they land. I I think that's, you know, so, so much now in this transfer portal era, we talk about, you know, the, the, the old refrain is once a duck, always a duck. And I think it's it's harder now than ever to really kind of stand by that 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 refrain, you know, with a guys coming in for a year, barely play, transfer. It, there's so much turnover. A guy like McCormick, I think, for the fan base, will always be kind of held in, in that esteem. He spent seven years here and gave the program a lot, including his best years physically. And and, and really, the, you think about the way his body was beaten up, that's it's something else. But you, you, to, to the second point, Matt, and to the more important one, if you're looking at the 2023 season for Oregon, is 
Well, how aggressive do you become now in the portal or with prep recruits trying to find tight ends? And why I think this is interesting is we mentioned on uh, our Monday podcast, there was a question about Nichols Harbor, who's going to be recruited as a tight end, Oregon very much in the picture there. I, I, I wonder, like, if you best case scenario, you land him. Are you still active in trying to find another scholarship tight end? Like, do you want to, do you need to get to five? Are you okay with four? You look at this last year's team and it really, they utilized four. Terrell Tillman was also there, but never played. And they seemed like they were fine. But if you're going to say you're going to rely on four, it's a different kind of four because this past year's four were all guys, for the most part, who had had some playing experience. There's some injuries there, but you'd be relying on Kenyon Sadiq, a true freshman, and Nicholas Harbour, who are who's also a true freshman, along with two veteran guys in, in Ferguson and Herbert. So I don't know if you are comfortable doing that. And that also is the assumption that Nicholas Harbour commits to Oregon, which is an assumption that I don't think we're comfortable making yet because it's not as clear cut. Like we, we talked on Monday, the, there's a question asked about, okay, who do you feel the best about between Evan Williams, Jordan Birch, and Nicholas Harbour? And we were all kind of like the portal guys we feel really good about. There's enough kind of smoke behind the scene that, that's, that, that there's going to be a lot of positivity there. And you know, I think it even exceeded our expectations that they landed both those guys within 72 hours, 48 hours of that podcast. But Harbor, to me, I have no idea if that's an Oregon commit or not. It seems like there's some positive momentum, but that feels now like a super big priority for the staff to, 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 to wrap that recruitment up, land him, and, and then – now you've got four guys, and if you miss there, you you definitely are taking maybe two players in the portal, I would think, or for sure one. You can't play with three scholarship tight ends, especially because Sadiq, sorry to linger here a little bit because I know we're making this podcast sort of short, and I don't want to be the only one talking, um, but Sadiq is like 6'3", 220. He's not a yeah. he's a hybrid athlete anyway, so he's not going to be necessarily the same type of player who can, can fill in and, and play the inline position at the same level. I'll just start by saying I was surprised that Cam left. Um, he'll be going wherever his next venture is for his eighth and ninth year of eligibility. Um, I just just felt like if he was going to play another season, it would probably be his last one at Oregon. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the what the sole purpose is of going for eight and nine years of college eligibility to play football is, but um, at that point, it just never felt like he would leave Oregon. Um, but yeah, no, he decided to transfer, and that's good for him. And wherever he'll go, uh, hopefully, he stays healthy and he can produce. Um, to go on to the scholarship thing, I'll make it kind of short and simple here. Um, the guys at Oregon have lost are significant, significantly different body types than what they anticipate bringing in. And that's to the point that Eric was just making. Uh, Nicholas Harbour is a, is a big guy, but he's six foot four, six foot five, 225 pounds. Kenyon Sadiq, like Eric mentioned, six foot three, 220 pounds. And I'm sure their, their weights aren't only what they are on 24 seven sports. I'm sure they're up or down. Um, you're losing Cam McCormick, who is 6'5", 6'6", big guy, 240, 250 pounds. Uh, Maliki Madavao is another one, 6'6", 265 pounds, I think was his, was his listed weight. Um, those are big guys. And the, it, I think it all depends on what Will Stein decides to do with the offense and how he usually, utilizes his tight ends. Because with Kenny Dillingham in that 14J personnel set, um, you're going to be having Ferguson and Patrick Herbert as your two tight ends in that set. I mean, along with Josh Connerly, which is fine. Those are bigger guys. But if one of those one of those guys gets hurt, um, then it's Kenyon Sadiq or Nicholas Harbour, who I'm sure are fine blockers, but that is not exactly the physique you want on that front line. Um, if I'm Oregon, I'm getting another transfer portal addition no matter what. You can't rely on Nicholas Harbour to commit, even if they feel good about it, because it's recruiting. This is 17, 18-year-olds making up their mind about where they want to go play college. It doesn't work like that. See Peyton Bowen, 
signing day. Just doesn't work sometimes. So they need to get at least one tight end. If they land Nicholas Harbor, I'd like to see them get another tight end because then you're no longer relying on two true freshmen. And I know Oregon did that just a few years ago with Ferguson and, and, uh, and Maliki Matavao's two true freshmen. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't always fall. Uh, you know, the chips don't always fall in place like they did a couple of seasons ago with those two guys. So if it's me, I'd like to see them get at least four scholarship tight ends, preferably five, just because you're working on two tight ends. And I brought this up in our Slack channel the other day. With Harbor, um, he's clearly tracking football. If he turns his attention sing- like only to track, then suddenly you're down a tight end and you don't have a necessary backup there. So I'd like to see them get two more scholarship guys, one more if you include Harbor, which is certainly not a guarantee. Where they get that tight end is interesting. Um, it's going to be difficult because I, like I agree with Jared. If, if they add one, it's got to have. It has to be through the portal. But you're going to run into a situation just like with Cam McCormick here, where we don't know his whole reasoning of why he left. But I imagine it's probably because, hey, look, I want to be the dude. I want to get to the league. I need a place where I'm going to get significant targets, significant reps. I'm going to be on the field primarily as the number one tight end. And that wasn't going to happen at Oregon because Terrence Ferguson is coming back. So he he left. Now you're going to hit the transfer portal and you're going to have to convince a guy if, if that's where you go that, Hey, you're probably not going to be the number one option because that's Terrence Ferguson. And then on top of that, you're going to have to compete against Patrick Herbert who looked solid at times, but is certain certainly someone that could be beaten out. Um, and Kenyon Sadiq, and for now as a freshman, maybe Nicholas Harbor joins. But it's going to be interesting to see the caliber of tight end they add, because a long-term guy, I, I, like a high-profile Power Five multi-year starter at that position, I, I just don't think he's going to look at Oregon and say that's where I want to go, because it's it's a loaded position group. I don't know if I mean, do they, do they need one though? I guess is my 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 point. My counter to that was, and I think you're totally right, Matt. That you're not going to attract an all-conference guy who's got years of starting or a guy who even has much starting experience. You're kind of recruiting someone to be like a a, a third or fourth player at tight end, though. From my perspective, like maybe you get a guy in best case scenario, Dick, you get a guy who is able to contend with Ferguson for starting reps or beat Herbert out as your number two or whatever the, the, the roster breaks out. But, like, just to kind of put a positive spin on it, if this is the biggest concern you have on offense, you've got a pretty darn good offense right. if, you're, if you're concerned about the depth at tight end. Because I think they yeah. are perfectly equipped to be just fine, even if the addition from the portal is somebody who is a Hunter Campmoyer caliber tight end, where he's like, okay, this guy's a good blocker. He can maybe catch a ball or two a game. And that's it. And you can probably find guys like that from smaller levels. That's all you need, really. Right? Like, that's kind of what you need. This doesn't have to be a home run portal edition. This would be a depth edition, which is why, like, it's kind of a weird spot. And, like, I'm in agreement. I think they should try to find someone who fits that. But there's also a world where I look at, like, Tyler, someone like Tyler Nanny, who's just, like, a big guy. You could put him out there in a jumbo package and say, just go push a guy around. Or maybe there's a guy – like they did with Terrell Tillman this last year, who Nance. didn't end up being needed. I love giving Nans a shout out on the pod. Big, big fan. Or Pretty Peter Burke, our other favorite walk on, who I'm not sure what his future is, but Pretty Peter. We've got nicknames for all these guys because we're dorks and we don't have anything else to do. Um, 
but uh, no, but just 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 my last point was just kind of like you know you could this doesn't have to be a home run portal edition. This this is the one time where if you are going to make an addition, you can probably just go find a guy who's big, physical, you know, can block, and it's a it's it's a impressive and, and probably a nice positive kind of a, a cherry on top if he's a good pass catcher because the way you're looking at it, Ferguson very much a proven pass catcher. Sadiq is a freak as an athlete. Harbor, if you land him, same thing. So you, you're looking for a guy basically just to fill in the the blocking kind of reps, not to minimize that, but it doesn't have to be like a big time guy who even has starting experience. You could probably take a guy who, who again has played at the low, lower level as a starter, or a guy who's been a career backup at a bigger school and be just fine. From my perspective, and and the difficult part of that though is you don't have any scholarships. You're already over. And well, that, that, that's the bigger question. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. And and now it becomes like, okay, if we're all in on that decision, is it more valuable to take him than it is to take a Roderick Pleasant or yeah. um, another type of transfer, maybe at the cornerback position or a safety or an edge guy? I don't know. I'm just naming positions. That's one in which I'm thankful that we're not the head coach. We don't have to make that decision. We don't have to figure out how to get down to 85 and dealing with the depth. Um, this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Casey Rogers, Jared, your, your thoughts on just what this means for Oregon and the defense that, that they could be starting up front now? Yeah, I, I think it's important that Casey Rogers came back. Um, I'd like to jump into Jordan Birch because I think that's the more important news here. Sure, but sure. Uh, so we'll kind of just segue it into it. Um, just go front. Rod- just go talk about the. Front yeah, I was seven, just going to go front seven. That's where we're. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean Rogers returning is really important to start off with, just because he was a starter the entire season last year. Him and Jordan Riley, the two transfers from Nebraska, were the starters. Um, him coming back, he's now in a competition to keep that starting spot. Um, I would pencil him in now as a starter at one of the defensive tackle spots just because I don't know what we're going to get from Popo Amabai, who also announced his return, who's coming back. Yep. Um, he missed all of last season with a foot injury. So I think I'm, I'm just penciling in Casey Rogers just because we'll see what, we, what they eventually get from Popo. But you also have Keon Ware Hudson in there and Taki Taimani returns. Um, that's some good depth. And I think Casey was one of the – I don't know how to put this. One of the unsung heroes of this defensive front last year because he was good. Um, you talked about uh, – we, we all talked about the significance of missing Popo Amavai. Well, Casey Rogers put up the same exact season that Popo Amavai did in last year, which was Popo's best season. 
Um, very almost identical stats, 30 plus tackles, three and a half plus tackles for loss. Um, very similar players, similar production. Um, but this front seven gets a lot better. And this specifically the defensive front gets a lot better with the return of Brandon Dorless and the addition of Jordan Birch. Um, Birch is a human highlight or not a human highlight reel in college, but was one in high school. Big dude, 6'6", 265 plus pounds, can really move, big athlete. Um, his production at South Carolina was lacking. You can go look at their message boards. They certainly indicate that it was a lacking um, performance there at South Carolina over his three years. But again, a five-star recruit in the country in the class of 2020. Um, I looked it up earlier. His composite score was 9954, which puts him as the fourth highest in Oregon's history if he eventually does come to Oregon, which he just committed. So I'm, I'm assuming he will be. Um, it's a big move because this is what was needed. Oregon needed a pass rusher last season and just never got it other than DJ Johnson. And I think DJ Johnson is a very good comparison to the type of player that Jordan Birch is. I just think Jordan Birch is more physically gifted and just talent, more talented overall. Um, they're both similar body sizes at that six, five, six, six and a half, um, 260 plus pounds. Um, I, I think that they're going to play the same position. And now you get Brandon Dorless back for another year. And now you have better pass rushers. You bring in a bunch of defensive linemen in the class of 2023, including some edge guys like Mateo Uyunglele and Blake Purchase, who I have talked about many times in this podcast as a, as a lover of Blake. But it's a huge, huge addition to Jordan Birch. I'm, I'm very excited for Oregon's defensive front next year. This is what they needed. And everybody who was asking – why are they taking all these defensive guys, especially defensive linemen? It's because the pass rush was non-existent last year. I talked about this again on this podcast all the time. Um, this helps that. I don't know what, I don't know if um, I can't, we can't guarantee Jordan Birch could come in here and get 15 sacks, but he's going to be a very welcomed addition. And I think people will see that from the spring game and spring practices, just immediately how much of an impact he makes. Well, you know, and what was the, what was our kind of, main talking point coming out of the season was what did they need to find the portal? Some guy on the edge, right? That was the yeah, number sure. one need. And they went out and landed a guy who, again, I know the stats and I don't even think the stats in 22 are particularly bad for Birch, like 60 total no, they're tackles. They're actually solid. They're, they're really solid. solid. It's just, it's, he's just a five-star and he was right. linked or he was compared to Jadavion Clowney coming out of high school like going to South Carolina, his home state. He just didn't put up unbelievable numbers like Brian Brise or Miles Murphy did in that same recruiting class at Clemson. So I think it was, it's just unfair comparisons more or less. Right. So, but you know, but my, my, my point is, is like you went out, the need, the big need was on the edge and you went and brought in a guy who has the pedigree to be a major difference maker. I, I think mm -hmm. Jared and Matt and I, we've been talking on Slack about just how few bodies there are that are similar to Jordan Birch out West in a pack 12. This is just the type of athlete you don't typically see. Right, which is what made the idea of Kayvon Thibodeau and DJ Johnson, these type of huge jumbo freak athletes playing in the Pac-12 at Oregon, such a compelling, you know, concept, and it worked out with pretty mixed, I think, uh, results there. I mean, Kayvon, I'm not going to diminish him at all, huge, big time player. DJ, I think you saw by by his senior season, some of it turned out, and he played, I thought, really well at times, pretty quiet at other times. Now with Jordan Birch, it's you've got another one of these freaks, and you just hope he can develop and play his best football. And uh, we should note Dan Lanning recruited him when he was at Georgia. He was the primary there. They have a, a long-standing relationship. Um, this was your bit, but this is to me the by far the biggest target and an addition they've made through the portal. 
I think this year and probably including maybe last year, although Bo Nix is probably hard to to supplant, but certainly this year, this is the guy that you look at and go, he should be a huge difference maker and arguably the team's best defensive player day one when he steps on on campus. Like he has that kind of an upset and you sure hope he does. And and then just kind of the general way this is played out. I don't know, Matt, did you have anything on Birch you wanted to add before we just talked big picture D-line or kind of where? I just felt like I needed to um, clarify. I called him a five-star transfer, and yes, he was a five-star in high school, but he's a four-star transfer after his college career, which takes into account what he did previously. So uh, his score is a 9-4-0-0 as a transfer, but he is a top-10 player um, in the transfer portal this season and that's not like just best available that's overall everybody top 10 player at the transfer portal um four star nine transfers now total for oregon um it's going to be kind of segues into just a big picture stuff here yeah but nine total transfers um we're still waiting on evals for evan williams and, and connor soelli uh or soul um tez johnson did get a three-star ranking um uh, 0.88 approved his rating by about five from coming out of high school. Um, but you just look at, I think the, the, the group of guys that they've landed Birch is very productive. Maybe the you know most important guy they've added to this, to this team. Um, Evan Williams is an all conference safety from the mountain West. Uh, Tez Johnson is an all conference player from what Sunbelt. That's what Troy plays in. A solid conference there. The best maybe offensive tackle in the country and Johnny Cornelius. Uh, and then they added a starter receiver from Alabama and Trayshawn Holden or part-time starter. Um, Justin Jacobs was a starter for Iowa um, before he got hurt. Just big picture wise, this defense in particular is going to look entirely different. I, I think Birch starts. I think Evan Williams is probably going to be starting. Uh, I think Justin Jacobs is probably going to be starting and you've also got Kyrie Jackson who I don't know if you can definitively say he'll start but there's also a really good chance he's starting as well for Oregon which I mean four or five guys new transfer portal guys starting for Oregon next season most likely and if you want to look at it I know it's not exactly this way but you want to look at the four biggest losses they had to graduation or yet or early entry the NFL draft in Noah Sewell's case They've now gone out and addressed each of those specific players yeah. basically in the portal, right? Jordan Birch mm-hmm. is your DJ Johnson replacement. Justin Jacobs replaces Noah Sewell. Kyrie Jackson replaces Christian Gonzalez. Evan Williams kind of replaces his brother Bennett. Um, you know, and I'm not going to – we had a question earlier this week. Are they upgrading at every spot? I think it's far too early to tell, and I probably am – not probably. I am skeptical they're upgrading at corner and, up, and maybe a little less skeptical but not sure they're upgrading at linebacker. But I think Bennett and Evan are pretty similar players. And then Jordan Birch, and as you said earlier, Jared, DJ Johnson are similar caliber of athletes, but Birch has the higher pedigree as, and again, go watch the, just go watch this guy move around for a game. Even if, even if he's not quote unquote, making play after play after play on a highlight reel, he is an incredible athlete for someone his size, right? I mean, DJ, DJ, we talked for so many years and I think he was on uh, Bruce Feldman's preseason one top 100, you know, freaks list. I don't know if he had Birch on. I don't know if Feldman had Birch on his most recent list or not. But who's that? Up. Yeah, maybe that's worth checking out. But he's he's certainly in that same ilk of 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 just guy is just big, athletic, moves really really well. And again, the pass rush stats there are don't you know he, he doesn't have 
a career 28 sacks coming in. Like he, he has not been that kind of a productive player, but you can see the upside for why he could be someone like that. So I, you know, I, I, I continue to be, I won't say overly concerned. I'm not, I don't think this defense is going to be like the worst in the conference because the defense wasn't the worst in the conference this year, despite having major holes. But I think you feel pretty darn good about the way they've addressed uh, the positions that they needed to. Getting an edge rusher of this caliber is, is, a, is a huge start, I think, in terms of kind of fixing your pass rush. Jordan Birch was not on Bruce Feldman's 2022 freaks list, unfortunately. Um, I think when Oregon fans are going to see him play, and including us uh, eventually at practices, I think we're all going to come away that he's a freak. Um, I think, moreover, uh, like Eric mentioned, um, you know, Oregon bringing DJ Johnson in the first place looked at was looked at like there are not a lot of guys in this conference that are his size and his caliber of player. And Jordan Birch is the exact same guy. I, I expect him to be um, similar to what I think we all kind of think Treshawn Holden will be a guy moving from the SEC to the Pac-12. Where I know this may sound mean to Pac-12 fans, but the competition just isn't isn't the same. Um, the, the better teams in the SEC are, are, are better than the best teams in the Pac-12, as we saw in the national championship game the other night um, and, that, and that blowout. Um, Jordan Birch is going to have plenty of opportunities to rush the passer this year, and I think Oregon's really going to benefit from that just because of his pure size and strength um, going against guys who just might not be rated or just might not be as much of an NFL draft prospect as they are in the SEC. Um, I I'm I'm very excited to watch him play. When we caught wind of this potentially happening, um, I did a deep dive into what he looks like on on the film and uh, on the field, and he he's good. I really like what he what he could bring to this defensive front. I know that's very oversimplifying. I'm just saying ah, it's, it's it's pretty good. It's good. Um, analysis over. Analysis <laughs> over. I watched three seconds of film and declared he's good. But I, but really, you could watch 15 seconds of film and be like, okay, this guy has something special here. It just Oregon's defensive front is going to need, or their defensive coaching staff, excuse me, specifically Tosh Lupoy. They're just going to need to coach him up some more. I think that's going to be it. But Tosh Lupoy is a guy who I know many people weren't the biggest fans of towards the end of the season. This is an NFL defensive line coach for the past couple of seasons. This is a guy who's been heralded as a edge whisperer, quote unquote, somebody who really helps defensive linemen get off the line of scrimmage, develop moves. Um, I think this is a really good situation for him, for Jordan Birch to be brought into, to be coached up by by Tosh and by Dan Lanning. Um, I think this is the, the biggest ad. We talked about this over the, over the offseason where there weren't a lot of really good defensive line prospects in the portal for a while. Bowl games happened. Here they are. You saw uh, Jordan Birch commit, uh, and then Anthony Lucas just committed to USC. Another guy who's you know top top tier talent who transferred away from Texas A and M. Um, Dan Lanning and company they played the waiting game and they won out. So I think that that gives credit to them. Um, they're seemingly doing the same thing they were last year and only adding instant impact guys. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Oregon continues to monitor the transfer portal. Um, there's about four, three and a half days left uh, for the window for guys to enter that portal uh, and look for new homes. And then it, it goes into – Is it, it the 12th? It's the 18th. We're all off. It's the 18th. I thought it was okay. the 18th. But well, I, there's I about a week. Wrong. Yeah. There's about a week. Uh I think you're right. I think it's the 18th. I think the 15th is the last weekend that 
transfers can take visits. That's where I think I'm hmm. I'm getting mixed up there. But nonetheless, less than handful of days left. Um, and seeing where this group goes next is interesting because they still have holes to fill. And they still got to get down to 85. I think that's going to be the biggest question for me is going into signing day on February 1st, how they get down to 85. And I don't think we'll know that answer by that date. That's just a guess. Um, they don't, I don't think they have to be technically, you know, on that date. So like, it's going to be a, it's going to be a couple weeks, couple months type process. Um, we'll have more coverage on duckterritory.com uh, about the addition of Jordan Birch. The re- we've already got something up. Eric did it on on uh, Casey Rogers returning. Um, Cam McCormick as well is gone. We'll have we have something up there as well. So I highly encourage you guys to go to check out duckterritory.com. But until the next one, uh, you've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.